0: Listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Well, good morning, church. Let me hear you out there. You glad to be in the house of God today. (laughs) Um it's interesting. As a pastor, very rarely when I meet new people, do I tell them I'm a pastor. I'm not trying to hide that, and I'm not trying to lie, but once people know you're a preacher, the way they act toward you is different. They begin to change. And it's funny how I've met people before, and they, you know, in different scenarios and places in life, and, and I begin to interact with them and talk with them, and, and, and they talk one way like, like I, I met Somebody one time at the gym, and we were talking, and like every other word is like F this and F that and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, uh, what do you do for a living? I'm a preacher. Well, praise the Lord. (laughs) And there's just this shift in how they act. And it usually goes one of two ways. Either, Either all of a sudden people get real spiritual. Yeah. Praise Jesus. Amen. I'm like, you went from... F this to amen that. Like, how does that happen? Or sometimes they get really angry because you you meet people a lot who have had really, really bad experiences in the church. And maybe even on a, a worse level, they've had really bad experiences with pastors because people in our world that share that same title that I have have not always represented it very well and it's uh, it's interesting to hear sometimes that conversation again it goes super spiritual and yeah my granddaddy was a preacher I'm like okay or they go you know what I I, I don't go to church I don't do that. I I and this is what I, I find more often than not when I encounter people that aren't involved in a church, very rarely does it have anything to do with Jesus. Every now and then, there's these the people that just like, I just don't get the whole Jesus thing. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in the Bible. Um, I'm an atheist. Like, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it runs the gamut. But the majority of the people, and it's maybe because we live in the good old Bible Belt South that they don't they don't necessarily have a problem with scripture they don't necessarily have a problem with Jesus and and a lot of a lot of what they believe is in alignment with what I believe but like they just they don't want anything to do with the church and the more i have conversations as to why they aren't involved in the church i begin to pick up on some reasons why that is and the number one reason that people that I encounter are not involved in the church is because it's full of hypocrites. I said, I didn't even have to tell you. <laughs> it ain't of but a bunch of hypocrites. And you know, I find, it, I find the whole conversation intriguing. Like, people in the church are just too judgmental. Didn't you just judge how judgmental the people are in the church? And so you're judging them for being judgmental. So what does that make you? Come on. <laughs> Amen, somebody? Amen. Or they're full of hypocrites. Well, you just, you just judge them automatically as hypocrites. So in other words, brother, you'll fit right in. Because <laughs> you're just like the rest of us. And, you know, I do find that, like, like sometimes, I find some people will use any excuse they can find to avoid a place that they believe they might have to deal with their own issues. And so much of that, well, it's a hypocrite, or it's that, is, is people who just are looking for an excuse. And let me say, if you're looking for a reason to hate the church or hate God, you don't, you'll find one. Come on. You will. I mean, like even like every church. I mean, people will find a reason about, to, to say negative things about every church, including this one. Like it's, it's just part of, of the dynamic of the reality. But I've had that conversation too much. And I have to be honest, there's time that that perception that church is full of bunch of hypocrites, that I've contributed to the reality of it myself. Because the reality is, there's all, we've all had moments where we've been hypocritical. Every single person on the planet has had a moment when we've contributed to that perception. Because the reality is, we don't get it right. It's funny, not long ago, I got, I got an email from somebody that was shopping at Dollar Tree one Sunday because they said they were coming out of Dollar Tree and they watched somebody park in a Dollar Tree spot and walk into church and how could a good Christian park in a Dollar Tree spot and show up at church? Surely you are going to hell. I'm thinking maybe they were going to Dollar Tree after church, I don't know. And then I said this perhaps the people that show up at this church every single Sunday, not every single one knows Jesus and loves Jesus just yet. But maybe there are some people that show up and they're sitting around you. Or maybe there's somebody that drives out there with a vintage church sticker on their car. And maybe they're just discovering who Jesus is. And there's still a lot that God is trying to do in their lives and change them. And sometimes the BC, the before Christ version of them, comes out. Whew, I kiss my breath. But the reality is, I don't want to contribute to that perception anymore. I don't, I want us to be challenged, to look at our own lives and just ask, could I be the reason that people think that? Could the way I live my life, because people know that I go to church and people know that I, claim to be a follower of Jesus and so people and let me tell you something if you claim that you live in a culture where people are watching you and a Christian is not something you get to do part-time it's not something you can turn on and turn off and what I think we have to do is we have to deal with this And so we're gonna spend the next few weeks talking about it, because the reality is, just so that we're clear, when I I say hypocrisy, the clearest way I can describe that is there is a huge gap between what we say we believe and how we behave. Come on, you with me? It ultimately, at its very core, to be considered a hypocrite, to live in hypocrisy, is to say that there is something that we say that we believe. There's something that we claim to deeply believe, but it's hypocritical when what we claim to believe is not reflected in how we live. You with me? Say Amen. Amen. And I'll be honest with you, there have been times in my life when this gap has been a lot bigger. Come on. Come on. We're gonna have fun today. You ready? Let's go. There have been times when the gap and you, the lighting guys are like, it's not in the light. Who cares? There's been a time when, see my whole life, I've known about Jesus. I grew up in the church, I grew up in a pastor's home. I've known the truth my entire life. And I can't ever tell you a moment in my life when I, when I didn't believe, I know that's different for some people's story, but it's just the way God graced me that I grow up. So I have my entire life since birth been in a home where I've been taught to believe in Jesus and believe in God's word and to believe in scripture and believe in truth. But there has been many times in my life that the gap between what I knew, what I believed, and how I behaved was quite wide. And see, this is hypocrisy. This gap. And see, what I hope to do during this series is to start closing this gap. That we would all get determined to close the gap between what we say we believe and how we behave. Because the reality is It really doesn't matter how wide the gap is. If there's a gap, there's a problem. If there's a gap, there's a problem. And what I think Scripture tells us is what God wants for us is to get to this place where these things are in alignment. Where what we claim to believe and how we behave actually become in alignment with one another. And the beliefs that we say we have begin to drive the behaviors that come out in our lives. Like that's what God wants is, is what, for what you be, to say you believe to drive how you behave. And unless what you believe is really being reflected in how you behave, you are not, you cannot be honoring God. Who's with me? Say amen. Come on. Let's go to the Word. Grab your Bibles. Look at Titus chapter 1, verse 16. It says, they claim to know God, but but by their actions they deny Him. They're detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing good. I don't want that to be us. I don't want that to be me. It says they claim to know God. They show up at church. They do all these right things. They, like they, they claim to be a follower of Jesus. They they have all the looks that it looks, they look like believers, they claim to be believers, they profess with their mouth. One thing about Jesus, but by the way they live, when I saw him on Tuesday, it didn't look like the person I saw worshiping on Sunday. It says they are detestable disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. That like, if we really want to do some good in this world, if we really want to make a difference in our community, if we really want to be the change agent that Jesus has asked us to be, then what we believe and how we behave have to come into alignment with one another or else we are useless it doesn't matter how big this room fills up every Sunday or how good the music is or even you know what it doesn't even matter I'm going to show you how many school supplies we give away and kids we adopt if the way that you live does not reflect the word and truth of the scriptures of God then he is not honored and your life is not doing anything good Come on. Have you ever noticed in Jesus' ministry, this was the number one issue he had with the religious people? Look at Matthew 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to be people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. He said, basically, like, you know, you're good at playing the part. You're good at saying certain things and looking certain ways, but the reality is you're just a bunch of hypocrites, and that's got to change. We've got to get where what we say we believe and how we behave. They come in a line, but they equal one another, And here's the reality. I know, I I want you to feel the pressure of this, but understand, like, you're not always going to get it right. There are going to be periodic situations where we don't get it right. But some of us have been living in prolonged seasons of hypocrisy, and it's time for it to end. And let me just go ahead and say, too, like, like, you've got to make sure there will, no matter how you live, there will probably always be somebody that wants to throw the label hypocrite on you. Like, just know that we're never going to be able to eradicate that label from some people because from a distance, they're going to look at your life and they're going to make judgments out of ignorance And use certain things that they perceive you to do as a reason to call you a hypocrite. And there's going to be nothing you can do about it. But I'm talking about let's get to a place with when every intention in who we are is to honor and love God. Let's get to this place where from the moment we get up to the moment we go to bed, our intentions and our drive is to bring him honor and glory so that when we lay our head on the pillow, God, did I do it all? Did I live for you in a way that you were honored? In glory. I don't care what Sally at work says. She's crazy anyway, probably. I, I, I need to know, Lord, that God, you, you're my audience, that I live in a way that honored you. Are you pleased with me and everything that I do? That's what God is calling us to. And so the question is, all right, like how, how do we get there? Well, it's going to have to start with you actually believing that this is does impact this like it's got to start with you actually understanding that scripture teaches us that this should impact this because like I know there's a lot of mentality out there that says otherwise at times and now let me go ahead and say this is not what saves you You with me? This is not what saves you. You are saved by faith through grace. You can never do anything to earn your salvation. Are you with me? Because you can get what I'm going to say today twisted, act like this is like a gospel of try harder, and it's about doing good in order to get to heaven. That's not what I'm talking about. Jesus is how you experience salvation. You with me? Say amen. Amen. Like behavior doesn't do that. But if Jesus is in you, if your belief and trust and hope is in Jesus and you are desiring to follow him, it will be reflected here. Let me remind you what. James, the brother of Jesus, said. Somebody who knew Jesus his entire life but wasn't until after the resurrection of Jesus that James actually began to see Jesus for who he really was. So he was somebody that grew up knowing Jesus but knowing Jesus never impacting the way James lived. Describes a lot of the people in our culture. Come on. You can grow up knowing Jesus. You can grow up with this 15-pound King James Bible on your coffee table and it don't mean you're going to heaven. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Like it's not enough just to to read it. God is not impressed if you can quote scripture. What is impressing him is when you live it. Do what it says. Because anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and then after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Like James says, not enough just to have what you claim To be this theoretical belief, it's not enough just to to be able to quote Scripture and know Scripture and be able to navigate your way through the Bible, but when that Scripture takes root in your heart and produces fruit in how you live, when it it begins to change how you think and how you speak and how you live, like that's what God has called us to do. Our beliefs should impact and should be reflected in how we behave. Let me keep reading. Go, to, go on to James chapter 2. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence of faith without deeds is useless? Do you see what James is trying to say? He's saying, you know what? If you have really put your hope and faith and trust in Jesus, if you really believe what you say you believe, then it will be reflected in how you behave. It will be reflected in how you live. Like these things have to be in alignment with one another. How you believe should impact how you live. We can talk about being a Christ follower. We can talk about being a Christian. We can talk about believing in the Word. But is it really impacting every corner of your life? Is it really reflected in, in how you treat people and how you approach life and how you go to work and how, you, and how you ride down the road? Some of our greatest sin is made in road rage. Come on. But see, one thing you have to understand too is Only the right beliefs can lead to the right behavior. Only the right beliefs can lead to the right behavior. So maybe the struggle in creating the gap here for you is, you don't even know what you believe. Or you don't even know why you believe it. See, I think the gap that happens here is so often is because we claim to have a belief that we've never really settled in our own hearts. Because for so many, what they believe is just what mama believed or grandma believed or what culturally we believed. Like if, if, you, if you don't own what you believe, it will never be seen in how you behave. It won't. And for so many, maybe the reason why there's a gap between how, what we believe and how we behave is because maybe we really don't believe it. Maybe it's just something that we just say we believe because we think we're supposed to because we, we grew up in the South and, and we grew up in church. And so I, I, we don't really know. We've never really come to terms. We've never owned our beliefs. See, there comes a point when every human has to decide, what do I believe and why do I believe it? I had that crisis in my own life. I grew up in the church. I grew up in a pastor's home. I grew up going to everything. Every time the church doors were open, even if it just the janitor was there, I had to be there. But there came a point in my life where I had to say, okay, why do I believe all this? Do I believe in Jesus because it's all I've ever known? Do I believe in Jesus because my parents told me like, like that's what I had to believe or i am supposed to believing in? And you've got to come to that moment where you have to decide what do you believe? Because if, if it's not personal, if it's not personal for you, then it will never be consistently seen here. You with me? So why, what do you believe? I don't need you to answer that out loud, but I need you to, I'm challenging you to wrestle with that question. What do you believe? Here's a better question, why? Why do you believe it? I believe in Jesus, why? Because mama said I had to. Or, I think for many, can I be honest? I believe in Jesus because I'm scared. I don't want to go to hell. God doesn't want you to believe in him out of fear. He wants you to follow him out of love. Because there'll be moments when the fear ain't real. Fear is an emotion that kind of comes and goes. Come on. There'll be a moment where in that moment... You, you, you don't think about the consequences of not doing what you said you believe and you'll, you'll just do whatever you want to do. If fear is your only motive, eventually that'll go away. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 it says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Like, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Do you see even, even the personal nature of that phrase? See, Christ is not... Your family, it has to be your Lord, like he has to be your King. He has to be the one you desire to honor and follow. Like you, like yours. You got to own that. He says this, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. See, I don't, I don't have to believe in God just because my parents told me to. I don't have to believe in Jesus just because it's culturally. Like, I, I've seen him work in my life. I know that it's him. I've watched him personally move in my own lives and the lives of people that I know. Like, I, I'm as convinced that Jesus is Lord and God is real as I am. This sign is standing here on this stage. And your hearts revere Christ as Lord. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, those who try to call you a hypocrite against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Do you see that? See, when when Christ is Lord, when Christ is there, when you know what you believe and why you believe it, do you see, like, it it produces this behavior in your life and how you think and how you speak and how you act, like it's reflected there. If you want to close the gap and bring alignment between belief and behavior, it's got to start with you've got to come to terms with what you really believe. You have to own it for yourself. Because only when you have the right beliefs. And here's the thing, man, like there's a lot of stuff out there. I hear people all the time asking questions, well, what do you think about this issue? And what do you think about this issue? It doesn't matter what I think. The question is, what does the Bible say? you got to know the source for forming your beliefs is God's word. We talked about this not long ago. That's why you need to be in the Word. Are you in the Word to know well enough that if something came from this platform that wasn't in alignment with His Word, you could be able to identify it? Whew. Because, again, just because they have reverend before their name or Dr. Reverend or whatever title doesn't mean they're speaking the Word of God. And you have the responsibility to be in the Word like you need to be so that when somebody who claims to be a Christian or claims to have some title says something that is not in alignment with God's word, you can identify it and know it for yourself so it doesn't shake the foundation of your belief. I am preaching up in here today. Goodness <laughs> There's one other thing I need to point out. See, you can do, you can have the right beliefs and even do the right thing and still be a hypocrite you you can have the right beliefs and even the right behavior and still be a hypocrite because you can do the right things with the right beliefs for the wrong reasons and Jesus pointed out that just because you have the right beliefs and the right behavior Doesn't mean that you're not a hypocrite, because if you do it for the wrong reasons, it matters to God. See, motive matters to God. And when we do the right things based on the right beliefs for the wrong reasons, it breaks his heart. Go back into Scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 Jesus continued to address the religious people. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Drop down to verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He said, see, there's a lot of, like, you, you have the right beliefs, and you, you're doing the right things, but you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. It's good that you believe that God wants you to pray and God hears your voice. It's good that you actually put that belief into practice and that you pray, but what you're doing is you're praying out in public and trying to pray all these pretty words just because you're trying to impress the people that can hear you pray. He'd also say in that chapter, so it's good that you believe that you should help those in need, but when that behavior comes out and you're helping people in need, you're like, look how I'm helping people. See, I'm not a hypocrite, I'm helping people. God's like, no. Like, there should come a point when everything that we do is not just out of the right beliefs and the right behavior, but it's motivated from the right reason. That was at the heart of the greatest commandment. Remember when God guy comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, in all the law, what's the greatest commands? In all the law. And there, it wasn't just the Ten Commandments. Like, if you go back and you study the Levitical law, it was hundreds and hundreds of commands. And remember what Jesus said? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You do those things, and everything's going to be good. Jesus was essentially addressing motive, that when you are fully motivated out of love for God and love for people, you'll hit the right mark. When your desire becomes, God, I want to live in such a way that everything I do demonstrates that I love you, and everything that I do demonstrates that I love other people. Only then will you close the gap and actually be able to do something. See, the right belief with the right behavior for the right reason, that's the only way we close the gap. That's the only way we get rid of hypocrisy, the right belief with the right behavior for the right reason. And if one of those three is askew, if one of those three is missing, then we'll just keep increasing the gap and we'll never really significantly do anything for God's glory and He will never be able to look at us in the way that I want Him to look at me. And again, don't somebody's going to twist this around. I'm not talking about jumping through hoops and I'm not talking about earning your salvation. I'm talking about live what you say you believe. And if enough people will do that, this perception that we have in, of Christianity in the world, will it completely go away? No, it won't. But will we make a bigger difference for the kingdom of God than we ever have? Yes, we will. See, here's the goal. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Like if you really want to erase the divide between belief and behavior. You know what ultimately you need to do? You need to fall as deep in love with Jesus as you possibly can. Because I firmly believe that when we deeply love Jesus, that see, authentic faith comes from an absolute love. And if there's a gap in your life right now, I would submit to you, it's because the intimacy that you need with Jesus just hasn't gotten there yet, that like you, you need to fall deeper in love with Him, Him to move in your life. Because as long as this gap exists, we cannot accomplish all that this world needs His church to accomplish. So you do me a favor, will you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? Will you just take some time like you're the only one in the room and talk to God? See, this series is going to be pointless if you won't be honest with yourself and with your God. David asked God to search him. He said, search me and know me, God. If there's any unpure, unclean thing in me, point it out. Would you pray that same prayer? God, is there a gap in any way between what I say I believe and how I live. Is there something that I know is true in your word. And I know you've called me to live out. But I just haven't done it. Is there any. Is there a gap. At all. In my belief. And my behavior. And if the answer is yes. If you say God would you begin to give me the strength. To close that gap. God am I doing things. The right things for the wrong reasons. Would you check the motivation. Of my heart and begin to change me and mold me into who you need me to be so I can live a life that brings you the most honor and the most glory. We have all, at some time or another, not gotten this right. And let me just kind of... There's, ch- there's a good chance you're going to come out of here and there's still going to be situations where that gap reveals itself. And see, what the enemy wants to do is say, See? See, you can't do it. You're a hypocrite too, because then if he can say that to you, he can paralyze you and allow that gap to stay and widen and widen and widen. While well, your heavenly Father is waiting to offer you forgiveness and repentance and strength. May I ask you if you would quietly and reverently just rise to your feet as we prepare to worship, as we finish this morning. As we sing, if you feel led to come and turn this platform into an altar and kneel and pray and just ask God to give you the strength that you need to live for Him in a way that you know He's called you to. As we worship this morning, will you just respond? Father, I pray that you would move in this room today, that you would challenge us and that you would bring conviction where conviction needs to happen. I'm also, God, you haven't called us to anything, that you haven't equipped us to live out. That everything that you have put in your word for us to believe, you have given us the power to follow through with in the way that we live. And God, I pray that you would just search all of our hearts today and help us to make the decisions we need to make for you in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.